Have you gotten into campaigns that you may have loved in the beginning, but as you continue to go, you will start to loathe and just despise? But you've made it too far that you just tried to finish it out. Welcome to another episode of the Nebulous Entertainment Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about campaign length, but first Eric is going to be kicking us off by discussing this week's development blogs that are available on our Patreon. Eric, thanks for thanks for coming. Yeah, so uh, for the first week we are talking about, and I went into detail about brainstorming our next project based off of the lessons we learned from Stormward Sales, which were quite a lot. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot to take away from that project, and that's helping steer where we go next. So I just wrote down some brainstorms and some concept art and development sketches and things like that. So yeah. that's what's over there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good information um, with, through these development blogs, like Eric said, there's a lot that he has taken away from the experience of building Stormward Sales. So, okay, let's get into the main topic for today, which is campaigns, campaign length, um, you know, the campaigns that we've liked, the campaigns that we didn't like, why we liked them, why we didn't like them. So, Eric, you know, what do you think is probably your favorite campaign that you've played so far? Ooh, that's a hard question right off the bat. <laughs> um <laughs> Honestly, I really was struck by Ori in the Blind Forest uh, a few years ago when I played it. I just think that it was tight, really well written, really emotionally impactful, and very well executed for what they were going for. So that was that'd be my favorite. Uh, I think if I thought about it more, I could probably come up with more. Well, there's a lot of really good vibrant colors throughout that game, right? So I think that a big piece of what, you know, what you see from a creative standpoint of having the vibrant colors, you know, the attachable characters that you can resonate with, um, I think that they did that well there. So I think it probably speaks to you and to people like yourself more than it would speak to somebody else who's, you know, maybe leaning towards like the Call of Duty side of things, you know, because I I think that that... um, you know, Ori and the Blind Forest, I think that they did a really good job with the color scheme, for sure. Yeah, and I like that, it plays so much, the art direction plays so much into the storytelling, and that sort of, uh, what I was like, design bond between those two is just, wow, it's just so well done. I, it, I could speak for hours about it, but we right, don't have time right. for that kind of stuff, right. but it's, it's great. Have you gotten into campaigns that you may have loved in the beginning but as you continue to go you really started to like loathe and just despise it but you've made it too far that you just tried to finish it out uh yeah actually there's a few games like that um it tends to be for me and i you know it's different for everybody and i'm not hating on games indiscriminately it's just for me it seemed like the ubisoft open world sort of formula so the first experience I really had where I felt what I would call burnout is, uh, I believe it was Far Cry 4, because it was like, go do a tower, and then once you get to the tower, you discover all the little things you can do in an area, and then you go and you do those and check all those off, because I'm a completionist, so like I don't like to leave things undone, and then the next area would be, 
go to another tower, find a bunch more stuff, do all that stuff. And that repetitive sort of design for me took away from what the main story was, which I can't even remember now. Like that's right. It it took me out of it so much that it did not leave a leaving it like lasting impact. And that is a big deal for me. Right. Being a completionist can kill your experience with a single player campaign. And that's just because while you try to enjoy every little aspect of it, there's good and bads to it, right? Because you can probably find things that other players haven't because they don't care about completing everything, but you're also in it for the long haul. So like if you, if a, you know, if a game actually takes like 60 hours to complete um, the normal, uh, the normal campaign mode. However, if you add in like all these side jobs and add in all of, like basically platinum, uh, becoming a you know, platinum mm-hmm. a, a game, you know that obviously t- t- would take it up like a lot more, right? So you add a ton more hours, so your gaming experience would go like you know beyond what a lot of other people's do for being a completionist. Um, but I you know I do think that there are a bunch of completionists out there, but I think to to what you were mentioning, like there are some games that are so long that it starts to die off, and then people just don't really care about you know finishing them. And it's not that there's a optimal length for any campaign because I don't necessarily think that there is. I think that you know each game can be different because it tells a different story, right? So you get to the point where if you quit discovering like mechanics or new areas or just new like anything in general, and you're getting kind of bored, um, you can basically tell which way the story's headed. Maybe it's time to wrap things up, which some stories don't necessarily do. Some stories try to push you know, maybe unnecessary things at that point in time to just keep prolonging the story. But if you're running out of surprises and appreciation for the journey, then maybe it's time for the campaign to end. So I, you know, the best way for me to relate this to is what's called economies of scale. Now with economies of scale, the when you start to do something in the beginning, you have like a great love and a great appreciation for it. But as it goes on, you know, you've been doing it so long, you start to lose that love and appreciation. What you end with is probably not going to be the same of what you started with. Right. So like, you know, for example, if you're eating food, that first bite is always going to be a lot better than probably the last because you look forward more so to the first bite than to the last bite. Um, You know, the same thing can be said here with stories and that that source of uh, fulfillment that you look for as a player. So I don't I don't think that there is like necessarily an optimal length uh, for video games in general in terms of story. But you just need to you need to as a developer. You need to play to like, okay, are you like, is the story naturally flowing or are you having to actually like really push things um, to, to keep the story alive? Because if it's not naturally flowing, then maybe it's time to wrap it up, right? What, what would you say in right. terms of like having that length per uh, campaign per story? So I think, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And I think that you have to be able to recognize when your filler content or your side content, we'll go with side content, because like a lot of games steer towards side content. If that becomes filler and not like a supporting element to your main story, it's going to take players out of it. Right. Uh, a good example of that done well is, I would say, Mass Effect 2. Um, it's a longer game, has all this side content that you could totally miss out on, but if you go and do it, it's like it's awesome character building. There's like little stories, like subplots and all the stuff that go on. And it helps you feel a sense for, you know, just a greater overall 
cohesion between all the characters and relationships and all that kind of stuff. So there are games where it does it well. There are games, like I mentioned, the one that I had a bad experience with with Far Cry, where I felt like the side content was filler. Right. That was it. Some people like it. You know, some people love, you know, taking out a bunch of bases and all that stuff, and that's great. It's just me personally. I like when narrative is driven across the board. Yeah, I mean, there there can be too much at some points. You know, I used to love Red Dead Redemption, and when that came, campaign first came out, like I played that all the time until I got stuck at one spot in the you know in the desert or whatever. I just could not get past. So my campaign ended there, and I did not know how to to get past it. Um, you know, but. I also really got into Skyrim, but to kind of like what you're talking about, it's, there's like a little bit of an, obviously like Skyrim is like really open world, right? But there's all these side, um, you know, these side journeys, these side quests that you can go on. And I, like, I fell in love with that, with that game for a while, but man, like I just could not finish every single quest. Cause it's like, a, it's, no. as a player, you want a sense of completion. So when, when you get that sense of completion and then you find out like right away that there's something else that has to go on top of that, you kind of feel like, yes, you made a little bit of progress, but you're also like right where you just were. So, you know, mm-hmm. as a player, like at least me personally, I want to, I want it to look like a, a campaign. I appreciate campaigns that actually make it look and seem like I'm going forward. I don't want like a one step forward, two steps back type of situation. Um, which I think that maybe a few campaigns do, but you know, I, I know that like the last of us has always been a great campaign for a lot of people, the Witcher, Ori to what you're talking about. God of war, um, has been, yeah, yeah, that's, that's always been a good one. And I, for me, like I played a little bit of God of war campaign, but I had a, like a better time of actually like watching the story. So like watching somebody else play it and then like hearing the narrative behind it, um, that to me, you know, that to me went a lot further than like actually playing it and watching um, it go through. Because I, I could also finish the video in like 45 to 50 minutes, right? Um, which the campaign is not going to be less than an hour. So it's a lot longer than that. But Right. No, that's a good point. And that's, you know, there's a lot of games and uh, this is something that we sort of talked about on our Discord lately. There's like a lot of games that, you know, people love that you might have missed and we're going to try and play some of those like vote on them as a you know group and then pick a game and focus on it but we talked about you know if you don't have the means to play it like if it's on a console you don't have or something like that what if we found a video online you know of just like an overall right story breakdown or whatever it's not the same experience as playing but sometimes it's kind of neat to see you know, how a story was told, even if you're not experiencing it the way it was intended to be experienced. Right. So, like you said with God of War, I think that's a totally valid way to consume Well, it's like Cliff Notes. Because it's still the developer getting their story. Right. Yeah. It's still the developer getting their story out there. They probably want you to play it, but if you're experiencing it and, you know, finding attachment with it, they probably still appreciate that. So. I also think too, just along the lines of that is when you see videos and you watch videos from other people's perspective, you might've missed something that somebody else caught, right? Because everybody pays attention to detail differently. 
So, you know, if you play through, let's say you play through Hollow Knight, for example, okay? And there's a lot of videos on Hollow Knight. And you watch a bunch of playthroughs from other people and they're catching things that maybe you just haven't explored and or caught at the same time just because the world's enormous. That also can give you a greater appreciation to want to go back and like see it for yourself, but also like watch it right then and there to take in other people's narrative for what they're saying about the game. So, you know, I think that, you know, campaigns... While there more than likely is going to be like one story um, in general, when you see it from like your perspective and compare it to other people's perspective, it opens up a whole different world of opportunities. World of opportunities that maybe you didn't even realize that games like maybe Hollow Knight is connected to a different game. Like look at, okay, for example, like Disney does this well with movies, right? So Disney has connected characters and movies throughout, you know, its whole span. Um, and you know, when you bring that into games and you bring that into world building, people find the smallest detail and they make that connection. Like you, you might think that, all right, we're going to put this in there, but nobody's going to find it. It's like an Easter egg, but there is somebody out there that is a fanatic when it comes to finding these hidden details and they will find it, right? Like they are looking at everything by like frame by frame. Somebody's bound to see it. So that's, that's so yeah, cool. yeah. I remember because like I used to always when the Call of Duties would be coming out, man. I used to always watch people's like latest updates and people just releasing information. And as soon as like one Call of Duty trailer would drop, you just had a swarm of just people, just you know, different opinions, um, just 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 different screenshots in general, trying to dissect what this ten second clip was that they uh, just I love released. It, yeah, right, yeah. And, you know, it's crazy and. Like call, I loved the Modern Warfare campaigns, and call, I think Call of Duty did do a good job in the sense that the campaigns, while the majority of people played Call of Duty for multiplayer and maybe Spec Ops and Zombies, the campaigns were not that long, right? So they were anywhere from like six to maybe ten hours um, on average, mm-hmm. right? So like that's not too long, but it's still long enough to give you a great appreciation for what the game actually is, and you can see and do um, a lot of things. So. I think Mm -hmm. that they did do a good job. Well, I don't necessarily think all of the Call of Duties are fantastic, uh, but I I do think that... I I, I think you and I, Eric, are more old school. Like We love the Modern Warfare, the side of things. Um, We're not really too big on, you know, like the mechanical exoskeleton suits. (laughs) No, thanks. Yeah, I don't think they've done that in a while, but that was sort of like the, I guess, the falling off point. Yeah, I think it was a wake-up call for them. I think it was a little, a little I, bit of a wake-up call. So, okay, so a question I have for you, Eric, is does the price of a game matter when it comes to campaign length? So, for example, if you paid $60 for a game, are you going to be expecting greater length in a campaign than if you paid, like, $15 for a PC game? Um, like, what, what's your take on that? So, actually, this is something I think about often, and it doesn't really bother me Um there are certain games, and we've we've talked about them, and I'm not going to throw some under the bus right now, that I think charge too much for their, you know, maybe add-on content or things like that. But, um, you know, you look at a game like Hollow Knight, which, we, you know, we've talked about a few times here. That was, I want to say, maybe $20 or 15 when it came out. And there's a lot to do there. It was also a team of two people. You know, right. it's a it's a little indie gem of a game. Like it doesn't have systems stacked upon systems stacked upon systems, but it's a really well made game. I felt like that game would be worth sixty. Oh yeah. And then you look at 
you know, you look at a game like um, Ratchet and Clank. Those games, or the the latest one, was, I think, maybe like 8 to 10 hours to complete. But it's like playing a Pixar movie. That is polished to the teeth. So, I can see where they got their... You know, you're getting your money's worth out of those games. Right. But I do think that there are some where they uh, ask a bit much for their content, if that's the word yeah. you use. You know, in, in reality, like, a lot of the times you just see it from the bigger studios, right? So, like, it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of... I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is harder to come across an indie dev game that can't necessarily justify their prices. And that's usually because the game's built by, like, to what you're saying, Eric, like one to five people generally sitting around like two or three. So, you know, yeah, there, there's, yeah, there are some games out there like that, but yeah, we don't need to throw any, <laughs> any under the bus because we're, we'll, yeah. we'll stay yeah. right now. We're going to make I mean, enemies just right, like we're, and we're not going to be perfect. You know, when we put, when we oh, put our games sure. out, right. So we're not going to be perfect at all. Um, but those were the big points that I wanted to cover for the campaign in general. Did you have any closing remarks that you wanted to make? No, I think it's just it's something that we can continue to talk about, and I think it's something that will get talked about a bit more uh, with our Discord. Group. Right. Just with these, you know, we're exploring games that people like and think that others should see. So yeah, it's just definitely something to keep in mind when you're playing a game. Is you know. What what do you think of the campaign? If you strip away all of the the systems, the mechanics, and the graphics and all that stuff, right? How's the story right. hold up? And we're not talking like open worlds here, like Minecrafts, and, right? Because there are games where it's just an endless amount of boxes that need checked to complete. Um, <laughs> right. you know, if you want to sit there and play Animal Crossing, like Eric and I were talking about this a little bit before the episode, Animal Crossing through and through will take you over like four hundred hours to tick those boxes. Now, is that something that you really want to do? Is Animal Crossing that big a part of your life? I don't know. To some people, I'm sure it is. And, and kudos to them if they have the power to, to complete all of that. But, you know, worth talking, single-player campaigns are a lot different than these open-world, um, you know, the, the open-world such as Minecraft or GTA has its own campaign, but it is like a very... People play it more for the open world, I would say, than for the campaign. Right, the online. Right, exactly. The most popular well, aspect. Yep, and and Call of Duty. If we're going to go back and circle back to Call of Duty, I think that uh, it can be said the, the same. Right, those games are known for their multiplayer, not their campaigns. Right. At this point. Yeah, for sure, man. So, if you like the Interfound Value in this episode, please feel free to share it with your friends and family. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen. If you would like to support. Um, us and dive a little bit deeper into the world of game development you can do so with our nebulous entertainment patreon which starts at one dollar a month and the link will be in the show description be sure to follow us on instagram twitter facebook youtube and pinterest at nebulous underscore ent to stay up to date with our latest development and above all remember that there is a story in all of us it's up to you to choose how you write yours have a good night